Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted and thrilled to say I'm having a bit of a catch-up with the lucky losers all the way from San Francisco. Hello, peoples. Are you well? Hi. Hi there. <laughs> yeah, Kathy and Phil, uh, we, we last spoke about three years ago, 2018, when you just released the album Blind Spot. And you've been very busy since then, haven't you? Yeah. We, we always stay busy, that's <laughs> You've been getting rave reviews all over the place. I've, I've got notes dotted around you with the winners of the Independent Blues Award for Best Blues Soul Artist of 2019. Where is it? Oh, your song, The River, was awarded an honourable mention in the International Songwriting Competition. You must be thrilled. Yeah, that, that was so really exciting win because there was 26,000 song entries and 14 were chosen in blues and um, the uh, the river in 2018 made the finals that's that's a big deal oh I'm sorry wait the river in 2018 actually was 19,000 entries but that's still a very huge amount of songs that flowed through the international songwriting indeed indeed but let's go back to the start. I mean, you've been going since, uh, was it 2010 you got together? Uh, 2014. No. Uh, yeah, 14. 2014. And we didn't really make our first record and really get going until 2015. Right. And one of the people you collaborated with numerous times over the years, Kid Anderson. How did that pairing come about? Well, I knew Kid from Lemonade, the record Lemonade. Um, I made a record with him, and then I made another record with Black Crow under my own name, Kathy Lemons. And by the way, Black Crow did very, very well in the UK. Uh, it was in the top ten, and uh, Blues Matters did a, a spread on me when Black Crow came out. That's 2013. Lemonade was 2010. And those were both on Vistone label group, the, the label, the indie label we have here in the United States. And so I already had recorded two records and we were kind of shy about approaching Kid to help us with a winning hand. That, that's our first record that Phil and I created. Uh, we had started at a different studio, but we wanted a better engineer that was... Uh, had better ears and really we, understood. Uh, recorded in two other studios, actually. Yeah, that's right. We sort of went about it real piecemeal. I mean, we started out with four or five songs. We just thought we were going to make just like an EP. I guess, what would you call it? An EP. EP. A demo, just to get better gigs. Yeah, we went to Angelo Rossi's, uh -huh. and then we went to Kid, and we brought with us what we didn't like, and he fixed it all up. And then we realized this is where we should have been all along. And so then we recorded fresh songs, and they sounded like night and day in my ears. So then by then, we were like hooked on his skills and his, you know, he's just such a nice person to work with, and he understands the genre we, we love. You know, we, we, we like to mix genres. So, you know, we like all kinds of music, but it's all old music. It's like the band and Bob Dylan. So like we mixed it all up. 
Well, I was going to say that you take various influences, but Phil, you, you've you earned major plaudits for your harmonica playing. So who was your influence or inspiration? Well, you know, a lot of the usual suspects, you know, uh, you know, when I first started out and I wanted to go in the direction of uh, blues, I guess, because you think, well, Monica, that goes so well with blues. But then I was like, hey, I'm 20. What was when I took it up for the first time? I think I was 27 or 28. I'm like, I'm 27 or 28 years old, and I know virtually nothing about blues music. So <laughs> I had to really sort of dive in and get big ears and listen to a lot of the classic blues all of the classic chess stuff, of course, you know, Sonny, uh, both Sonny Boy Williamson's, uh, Big Walter Horton, Little Walter, of course. Little Walter, I was blown away by the more and more I learned about harmonica and listening to his stuff, uh, even to this day. I mean, I, I go back to his stuff and I, I keep hearing fresh, you know, ideas and things to apply to my playing. And, um, you know, and then got led to more obscure kind of people, um, there was a, an album that I had of like pre-war uh, stuff with people like uh, DeFord Bailey, Jaybird Coleman, uh, Blues Birdhead, Rhythm Willie, people like that, like from the 20s and 30s. Um, it's a pretty amazing, like early blues and jazz stuff that, that with, with some some very interesting. And uh, another guy from the 30s who recorded Bluebird label with Brute with Big Bill Brute. Was uh, Jazz Gillum, the guy? Yeah. Um, whoever, I just voraciously just wanted to just eat up whatever was was what I could get my hands on, what sounded, you know, what sounded great, you know, uh, of, of both pre-war and you know post-war electric harmonica. So when you've yeah. been listening to these artists or researching, for want of a better word, would you say that you've become a bit of a, a blues historian? Me. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, whenever I, you know, that was back when CDs were, were, it was still cool, you know, to buy CDs and stuff. So I, you know, would spend a lot of my extra money on, on these CDs and they were reissuing stuff like mad back then, you know, in the, in the early nineties to early two thousands. Um, and so I would always take the time to read the liner notes on yeah. the, uh, on the CDs. Plus I had, you know, stuff on vinyl and it, it, there was always stuff that you could read, you know, about it. Before we, you know, you could just look up on, you know, Wikipedia, you know, you know, or go on, go on your phone and look it up, you know, anytime, any place you want. So I just take the time, you know, to, you know, learn about that stuff. And I always had a curiosity about its place in in, in uh, American history. Yeah. Well, Kathy, your voice has been described as. A gritty edge with the rebel conviction of a woman risen from the ashes. <laughs> a bit of an obscure description, but I mean, would you concur? Oh, I, I've been through a great deal in my lifetime. Uh, you know, uh, when I started out, I had a lot of quick luck in music when I started out. When I was like 24, I stepped on the stage with Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, I don't know a lot of people that were able to do that. He's a Texas person, I'm a Texas person, and Anson Funderburg got me up on the stage with him. But, you know, basically uh, I had, you know, a quick rise and a quick fall, 
I had a, a terrible drug addiction problem in my late 20s and very, very early 30s, which took a big chunk out of my career. Um, also, early in my career, I was the send-off singer, the opening singer for John Lee Hooker, so that meant I toured with him and did the opening numbers to warm up the audience, which was an extraordinary education. Um, you know, and that lasted, I would say, 1987, about a year. But uh, basically, I had a, a quick rise and a quick fall, and then a slow, slow rise back up the hill. And, uh, you know, Phil and I met in uh, 2013. Our first record was 2015. And slowly but steadily, we, you know, these records are sounding better and better that we're making. We've been working with Kit Anderson each time. Each time the records get a little better, we get a li little bit more in terms of awards. Uh, in 220 uh, for this album, the current album, Godless Land, uh, we, we also won honorable mention and the finals in the blues category for the International Songwriting Contest. So that's the second one for the ISC, which is international. And then, you know, of course, the, uh, uh, the IBAs, the Indie Blues Awards, have been very helpful to our careers. Yeah. Well, we'll come back to them shortly, but I mean, your your music has been described as offering glimpses of paradise through a veil of tears. Is is that something you set out to do? Well, uh, yeah, I think so. I yeah. mean, yeah, I tell was, uh, something. A lot of painful experience, life experience that both me and Kathy had. Um, we've you know glean a lot of creative ideas. Yeah, and, said and. To express ourselves more and more, you know, as as we get older, I think it's gotten a little bit, a little bit, um, e not easier, but it's ideas have come. We've been able to learn how to how to put it into the form of song, and and then and in a way where people can sort of university universally uh, relate to it uh, when they hear it. I, I hope I hope so at least. Mm. Well, you mentioned the, the latest album, Godless Land, there, and you were lucky enough to be able to record all the instrumental tracks before the pandemic hit, weren't you? Yeah, you sure did do your research, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> Lucked out. It was exactly the week that we finished all of the musicians tracking for the songs. The next few days, they locked us down. Right. And then... What we did is we talked to Kid Anderson. It was just me and Phil and Kid. And we stayed in that studio together and mixed it. And Kid Anderson plays everything but the kitchen sink on this record because we couldn't have guest musicians. We couldn't fly anybody in or, I mean, nowadays electronically had, you can do a lot. But Kid played all these. We had all the tracks. basic rhythm tracks, you know, they were all, right, they yeah. were all. Um, and it was yeah. We worked on that a little longer until about what late April. We were there until, for months. We no, we were there for a couple, of, like two months, I think. But two months us, after we after we initially did all of the basically all the rhythm right, tracks. That's right. We spent about two more months. We did straight, you know, with you know that well, day after, you well, know, pretty six, much a week. Well, in a way, what. We'll, wasn't that a blessing in disguise that you had that time to actually get them exactly how you wanted? 
It was a total blessing in disguise because Kid was supposed to go on tour with Rick Estrin. And then suddenly his tour was canceled and he was like, oh, well, I can spend more time now on, you know, layering this album and putting in these different touches and we can really work on the vocals, you know, properly. And because with Kid Anderson, he's got so many projects. So you go in and you do about three takes and mix them together. Well, we had more time on Bubbles then to get better vocal tracks and yeah. better harmonic. More I think layering of the vocals. Yes. I think on this this recording than than all of them. Yeah, um, we really had a chance. And not you know different approaches you can take to it. Um, Kid has his way of doing it, of course, and um, it was um, you know it always in, in the end is Comes works out, out to you know satisfaction. Yeah. Oh, he he's just a great producer. And we're on the same wavelength. But I love on Godless Land, I mm. think Phil plays the best harmonica of his life. I, I just think every solo, when you hear that harmonica on the on the songs, like Godless Land, or there's, not, there's so many. There's not really that much soloing, job. but that's, I think that's the type of band that we really are. I mean, we have, I mean, well, I think we always have musicians, including myself, you know, who can solo. Yes. Uh, but. Uh, you know, we're very much into that the whole credo of serve the song, which I guess yeah. people use that term a lot. But we try to take it seriously enough to where there's going to come a, a there's going to come a, pa a time in, uh, part in each song where there's going to be a need for my harmonica, and in what capacity, who knows? You know, it could be you know in the form of just a solo, or it could be in the form of a solo and some some specific. Uh, array parts, you know, mm -hmm. and and so I kind of view it as parts. There's parts that fit together as you as you're going through these songs in the studio, and, and it's like a jigsaw puzzle. And finally, you're like, oh, okay, these these are the parts that will fit together properly to make the song shine. You know, yeah, sound sound right. You know, the album has been receiving wondrous applause all around the place, and the song Half of Nothing rose to number two on the Roots Music charts before it had even been released. Yeah, it, it, it made number one in the, the contemporary blues chart and number two, that is correct. It was a shock. We couldn't mm. believe it. Yeah, we couldn't have it formally released. That was in July it made number two. And we were like, what? <laughs> this tone made that happen. I guess we had sent this um, yeah, Vistone made that happen. They they mm. get it, got it to the right DJs, and people like that song. And it was, uh, you know, it was during the pandemic. I think a lot of us feel gypped in the world, and, and that song is about feeling gypped, you know, like, geez, when do we get ours, you know? Especially, yeah. well, a musician, or, well, not just a musician, but a blues musician. Yeah, really. <laughs> in, the, in the world, in the, the business aspect of it, I mean, we're, you know, below the, the lowest rung on the ladder, basically. <laughs> and it, it's been so well received that you've been nominated for numerous awards, which we're happy to say you've won. Yeah, we, we won all of these uh, nominations through the uh, 2021 Independent Blues Awards. We did, we won, and we're shocked. <laughs> we thought, okay, well, we'll probably get one. No, we got all four of the nominations. We won uh, Best Vocalist, which was the hardest one. Um, you know, they had Rory Block, they had Vanessa Collier, and 
all these wonderful female vocalists. So yeah. when, I was shocked to win that one. But we probably would not have won, or at least not won in all four of those categories if we didn't, if we hadn't had to uh, cancel our August tour. Yep. Um, that gave us an extra three weeks or whatever to, you know, and and plus we had we had COVID. You know, uh, Kathy came down with it, uh, got it. Uh, for, like around the first of August. Yep. And and then I I got it from her not you know a few days later and yep. so with nothing much else to do, we just you know sat around and asked people about and, and for us. Vote, and that, that it paid off. So. And we're fully vaccinated, both of us. So yeah, we have, we so both had COVID. Sort of a silver lining, I guess, around around that cloud, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, do you regard these awards as recognition of the work that you put in over the years? Oh, yes. We're honored because of the yeah. people that were nominated. Look at the list. Kat Riggins is in there. I mean, she's really a great singer. There's so many great people that were in these categories. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I have them in my mind, but I can't remember them all. But a lot of these artists are very, very wonderful. They're really gifted you know, I mean, Samantha Fish was in there, uh, John Blues Boyd, he's a Ken Anderson um, favorite with Little for Village. Being, being nominated for, you know, what, three times we've been we've been nominated in this uh, uh, Independent Blues Awards. And Richard El Hamadou, I guess, has tire, tirelessly worked at, you know, keeping this thing uh, going and recognizing a lot of these independent blues artists that... Um, a lot of them are really, I think, yet to be really widely Discovered. recognized by the, you know, by the Blues Foundation and places. Well, I was going to say, with it being the Independent Blues Awards, does that mean slightly more to you than some of the other awards? Well, in um, some ways, it does because it means it's a bunch of indie artists that made their own records and went and did this creative work and content created and. A lot of these individuals, if you look at these nominees, you know, they're not like, you know, they don't have big managers and agents. These are independent folks that went to bat for themselves, booked themselves, did their own website, maybe, uh, all of it, just the business end of it. Well, we're deeply honored that yeah. they would um, just recognize us and even, you know, nominate us. And so we really, really owe, we owe a lot. Richard L. Hamadou and Richard Lenmerer. You were saying that you've not been able to gig because of COVID, but you did actually get out on the road, didn't you, uh, towards the end of last year, jumping in a big cargo van? We did. We did what we call the COVID tour. Uh, <laughs> this is how it's been going for us. We book a tour, and then the numbers jump up. And this has been happening for a year and a half now. So we organized a tour to go to the Midwest, and we had the band and we had everything. The album was done and we wanted to get out there and, you know, plug the album, Godless Land. So we, we ended up going out on tour anyway. We just went on and bit the bullet. And we had to, uh, you know, contend with a lot of stuff. So, you know, what we, what we, we wore masks and, you know, we, we, the, you know, parts of the country are so different. In the Bay Area, everybody's very strict, but you get up into the South and it's a completely different culture. I remember doing a gig where we were doing it kind of in this little brewery and it was outside and I told Phil, I said, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Nobody's going to come. 
oh my God, there was like 100 people outside and they were all at picnic tables and they brought their children and nobody wore masks, you know, and we're sitting there playing outside. But we didn't, none of our band got sick. We did very well. We went to Memphis. We had a great time in Memphis. You know, we played some bars that were fairly quiet, like the one in Kenosha. That was really quiet. But for the most part, we managed through the tour pretty well in spite of all these odds. So, you know, we kept trying. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Is the plan now to get back on the road that now things are settling down and carry on the promotion of this album, or are you looking to the next album? Yeah, no, we're, we, we really haven't had a chance to fully um, display, you know, these songs live yet. I mean, we had a, we had a good couple of little tours with some, uh, uh, particularly a really gifted uh, uh, guitar player from Memphis. His name is Jad Tariq. And um, he plays, you know, he's played with John Namath. He, he, he's up and coming, a great, great young talent. And so, uh, but we want to we continue on here with promoting this. Also, um, as a side thing, um, uh, we, we, we're working on trying to release a live recording that I did. This was in 2013 before me and Kathy became the Lucky Losers. I used to do a, a tribute to the music of Louis, Louis Jordan. Um, it's called Louis Blues, and uh, so we're going to try and release that by the end of the year. And plus, we did a single um, last yeah. year. And we want to sort of put that out there again. It's a Christmas song called "May Every Day Be Christmas." And we want to add "Baby, It's Cold Outside." Yeah, "Baby, It's Cold Outside." <laughs> That'll be our sort of Christmas uh, forty-five, so to speak. You know, for people that we yeah. can sell on the bandstand. So we're, we want to get back on that horse and, and, and get, some, get, get some shows under our belts before we, we go back in the studio again to record another uh, original album. Yeah. And I know travel is, well, it changes virtually every day where you can and can't go, but do you have plans maybe to go abroad? You know, uh, a festival promoter just reached out to us in Portugal, and we'll see what comes of that, but we'd love to come. Yeah. Europe, we, 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 we yeah, we've been waiting. We would love to um, so do that. So I think we're getting we're, we're we're getting close to that now. Yeah. Uh, the main thing is hooking up with the right person or people o- over there who who could you know help us out with putting. Because basically, as far as with touring in the states and stuff, um, it's been exclusively us. I mean, that's we we book all of our own gigs. Well, Phil does a lot of the booking. I do local booking, but Phil does all the. United States booking, he's really good at it. Mm. Well, hopefully things improve enough that you do get over here, and uh, I wish you all the best for the future, and I look forward to the next album as well, and it's been great to talk to you again. Oh, Thanks, Kev, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking the time to interview us, this is great, and we love the UK. Well, I must just say, before we close this down, that I'm so grateful to you guys, because Dear listeners, we should have done this a couple of weeks ago, but you know what my memory is like. I utterly and totally forgot, so I'm so grateful to both of you for doing this. Oh, you're so welcome, Kevin. No problem at all. No problem. Not even a half. Well, (laughs) when you get to my age, you do forget things. Oh. Oh, well, you take care. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. 
So, plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.